All right. Hey, everybody. Jacob Suntra, managing editor of fearthefin.com here with Marcus White on a Tuesday evening. Uh, pretty light day on the NHL schedule, all things considered. So naturally, uh, the NHL decided to drop all sorts of news on us. We've got the Brent Burns extension, obviously. Uh, Las Vegas just officially, officially announced the, uh, that they're going to be called the Golden Knights when they start operations next season. Uh, and those two Lame. things are kind of – yeah, it's a crappy name. Uh, those two things are going to be related because the expansion draft is coming up and the Brent Burns contract will, uh, I mean, not change anything necessarily, but that's at least certainly a conversation that, uh, that we'll have uh, towards the end. So let's start with the Brent Burns contract. Um, I've already, I feel like, spilled a lot of ink about that today, but uh, you have not. So uh, what, uh, what, do, what do you think about the contract? Uh, I think my thoughts are the same as everyone else's, and I'm going to preface this by saying that while I think that the the Sharks probably gave him too many years from a team management perspective. Good for him to get his eight years and get his get his contractually, you know, the the stuff that was negotiated in the CBA, the max length. Uh, that's the going rate for players that are that good and at that level. And I think the Sharks have been kind of lucky in a sense that they haven't had to pay for a guy like that. You know, Thornton and Marlowe signing at max five-year deals. Um they're in a position to do it. They've got they've got Couture and Pavelski on absolutely great contracts. Same with Blasic, yeah. although he'll be coming up soon. Um, Marlowe's career is starting to wind down a little bit. Whether or not they keep him, I think they can keep him at a far reduced rate than what he's getting this season. Thornton though might probably make a you know closer. Although I I'd have to imagine they might they may go the you know, the bonus incentive laden route right. uh, with him, you know, kind of similar to what Detroit did with Pavel Datsuk and Nicholas Lidstrom before him. Um, you know, it's the going, it's good. The going rate. I think there's a lot of ramifications. I think that an interesting thing that I haven't seen explored too much today, um, you know, in addition to the great stuff that you posted earlier is that, you know, this is Doug Wilson's MO, I think has, has shifted in some ways over the last few years. He signed guys to, longer extensions than we're used to. Uh, you know, you look at Brendan Dillon and I believe Braun re-signed for a while as well. He was active in free agency um, and signing uh, Ward and Martin to four-year deals and then Bodker and Schlemko to four-year deals. I think, you know, five years ago, Doug Wilson may not may sign a guy for eight years and sign a guy for this long, but the NHL has changed. And I think, you know, if you're Sharks, for Sharks fans, it's, encouraging to see you know Wilson changing with the landscape of the league and also seeing that you know the Sharks are a legitimate financial player I think they're going to reward their own guys first but you know we saw they were linked to Steven Stamkos last year if they uh if they recognize a guy as talented and they like him they're not going to be afraid uh to give them the year's commitment or the financial commitment which is really kind of a change in MO uh, from how they've been run, you know, during the Thornton and Marlowe era. So, yeah. So I guess we should uh, say, that if, in case you don't know, that's an eight-year, sixty-four uh, million dollar deal for Burns. The contract is backloaded, which doesn't in fact impact the cap hit of eight million a year, but that uh, will give the ownership anyway some financial flexibility as they they head down the road, which is, I assume, is something that they're interested in. Um, so I think that the deal is uh, it's fine. It's the deal that they had to get done, you know, and I think that they didn't really have much of a choice. They didn't have a whole lot of negotiating power here. Uh, he's getting paid less than P.K. Subban, which I think is fair because he's not as good as P.K. Subban, but he's really not that far away in terms of value as a player. No. Um, 
So this is this is what it this is what it costs. Um, and also keep in mind that PK Subban's probably well not probably he's definitely an underrated player, and so he probably got paid less than what he actually deserves. Yep. And that's also to belabor the point to to that uh, you know in the NHL once you hit that top ten percent of guys, all those guys are underpaid anyway because teams can't really pay them a whole lot yep. more. I mean, look at a guy like Sidney Crosby only making eight point seven million a year. That's well, partially because he's a sociopath, and also partially <laughs> the, the NHL. Uh, you know, that's just kind of the the way it works in a cap league. The top guys are always going to be underpaid for as yep. compared to what they're worth and and the value they bring. And you know, you mentioned this is a deal the Sharks had to get done. Uh, there really were not a lot of alternatives on the free agent market. If if Burns was to walk, he would have been by far the most attractive available free agent. Um, and unless the Sharks were signing Kevin Shattenkirk, there was really nobody they could sign that's even comparable to the impact that uh, Brent Burnsley uh, brings, unless you're really intent on a uh, Roman Polak reunion happening in San Jose. Then, then maybe you'd have been satisfied. But, you know, I, yeah, it's a smart move, a move they had to get done. And, um, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. LeBron reported it and we texted each other. We're kind of like, well, this is, this is probably going to happen today of all days. Um, you know, he's, he's so in the know with the sharks and when he, when he reports something, it carries a lot of weight. So, you know, it, it was, uh, it's good for the sharks to think to get this done and get the distraction out of the way. If this had lingered, you know, if this had lingered down the stretch and if the sharks were struggling, this could absolutely have become a distraction and, you know, you know, a lot of these guys are great at compartmentalizing, but I, with your professional future at stake in a sport like that, I can't imagine it not playing into your, playing into the mindset or even being discussed in the locker room. So, you know, something they had to do, uh, encouraging that they got it done early, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how it, how the, what other dominoes uh, kind of fall in relation to it. Right. I, so I wrote a post about this today about what it means as far as uh, really more in terms of the salary cap future. And, you know, while the, the salary is a lot, it's only, uh, you know, like uh, under two and a half million dollar raise from what they were paying him this year. You figure that if Marlowe comes back, uh, he's going to take a pretty big pay cut. If Thornton comes back, he'll take a small pay cut. Um, you know, there, there are guys like, you know, Eunice Donskoy, that contract's going to be up and he's going to get a, a pretty nice raise. Uh, Melko Carlson will get a raise. But I think that overall the Sharks are going to be probably looking okay as far as salary cap is concerned. What this says to me, at least in part, is that the Sharks are going to be relying on a lot of young guys here in the near future. Um, Not just because uh, they think that they're going to be ready, but also because financially they're going to have to. So I think that the future of this team, as much as it's going to be built around that same core, is going to really rely on how much value they're able to get out of the Kevin LeBanks, the Nikolai Goldzobins, the Timo Myers. Um, so, you know, I think this should also kind of send a little message that the Sharks will probably not be active at all, I wouldn't think, in the, the trade market this year unless something pretty serious happens. Because um, asset-wise, I, if I'm them, I don't give up any draft picks really no. right now. They just they, they can't uh, afford to do it salary cap-wise, which is different than how I felt last year where I kind of felt like, Listen, worry about the draft another day. This is a short window. And the, the, to yeah. me, this is the last year, real year, of the Sharks' current window. Um, and it's going to kind of reset itself, I think, next year. Um, I don't think they're ever going to go to a place where they're going to be a lottery or well, a top of the lottery team. But I think yeah. there is going to be a bit of a dip next year where, you know, young guys are going to have to learn their, their positions in the NHL. Anyway, that kind of stuff. So I think now that we're at this position, 
um, where the team is good enough right now, I feel like, to compete this year and maybe next year. And then they're going to struggle a little bit, I think, as some of these contracts that they handed out in order to compete now are going to start to look a little bit uglier. And so that's when those draft picks are really going to come in handy. You yeah, know, well, the Paul Martin contract, the yep. Schlemko, or not the Schlemko contract, the Paul Martin, Mikel Bodker, Joe Ward. Those contracts are going to look bad at the end, but I think they're still good moves because uh, when you have an opportunity to win now, you need to win now yep. in a salary cap league. And I, you see, you're seeing it with the Kings right now, or the Blackhawks. Those are two teams that are definitely on their way down, are definitely uh, hamstrung by salary cap concerns. But you can't tell me it's not worth it, you know? Uh, of course. It just is. And I think the other thing, you know, the elephant in the room is that, listen, this is the NHL, man. You're going to worry about an eight-year contract. We're going to have, what, two lockouts before that happens? <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Yeah, and I, I wonder if the, if you know, they're, you know, knowing when the, when the potential of the next CBA to happen and, you know, if the Sharks window closes, I, and then I'm not, you know, I'll turn on the, as rampantly speculative journalist hat, I'll throw that on. But if there's an amnesty in one of these, uh, one of these lockouts, this is a this is a contract that's a prime candidate. Uh, I agree with you. You've got to. It's if they get one Stanley Cup, they'll put up with the you know being hamstrung for years. Um, yep. That being said, I I don't think Doug Wilson makes an eight year commitment unless he thinks that you know he anticipates that they're going to be. They're gonna. They're still gonna be good, uh, even when their current window closes. Now, will they be? I don't know if they'll be as ripe of a Stanley Cup contender, but I agree with you. They are betting big on their young players and to contribute almost immediately. I think he's seen the model. He's seen Chicago. He's seen Pittsburgh. Um, you have to have guys who are on their entry level contracts that are filling out your roster, and you know some some veterans thrown in there too on cheap deals. You know, like a Matt Cullen last year in Pittsburgh, you have to have, you have to surround your expensive players with guys like that. Uh, otherwise it's, it's not sustainable. Uh, so, you know, it's, they're definitely betting big, just as big on their young talent as they are on Burns, because, you know, if they, if they did, I think if they weren't as confident in their young talent, they probably would have spread that $8 million elsewhere throughout the roster uh, to kind of shore it up. So yeah, I agree with you there. I think it's, it's, it's all as big of a bet um, on the young prospects as anything. And, you know, I think for good reason, they have, there's a lot of promise in the system. And I think, you know, I don't think the depth is there with some other systems, but I think the top end talent in the shark system is, is good enough to definitely contribute um, to a contending winning team. So and, and it's going to be interesting too, to see, I think, um, you know, we talked about it a little bit briefly, but you know, how this affects a Joe Thornton contract or a Patrick Marlowe contract. I think they're both due for pay cuts uh, you know, kind of looking around the league, I think, I, and I'm, you know, speculating a bit here, but I don't think Marlowe gets much more than what Eric Stahl got this offseason. And he got two years, $7 million, so around $3.5 million a year. And he's older than Stahl is. Yeah, um, I would so not feel comfortable giving Matt Patrick Marlowe a two year deal unless the money is yeah. less than that. Yeah. I, would I think if, if he wants term, I think he's probably going to have to take, you know, $5 million or less. Um, Thornton. You know, he's, he's, he's uh, that, that's different. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'd be willing to, to take the risk. Yeah. I think he could get a two year deal for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if either player is going to want more than that. And I think they'd be unrealistic to expect anything more than that or anything more than three years, frankly. I think so they may, three they may years get, would be long, even really. Yeah, 
But yeah, no, I agree. But you know, we see the Sharks sign two guys like that. They signed Joel Ward and they signed Paul Martin, guys who are old, and they signed those guys to four-year deals. So I think the market will be there for them. Um, but you know, this was a this was a smart move for San Jose. They, I, I don't think they really had a choice. Um, and, you know, I think too, it'll be interesting to see how this affects Mark Edward Vlasic's contract negotiations. I don't think he's going to get the same amount of money as Brent Burns, but that has to be the starting offer. If you're a Mark Edward Vlasic's agent, you're going to say, give us the Brent Burns deal, please. Yeah. And if I'm the Sharks, I say, no, absolutely not. That's <laughs> great. You can go try and find that somewhere else. Cause he's yeah. Whether it's a, cause again, it, I think important to note that uh, while usually we talk about is a, you know, player worth X amount of money. We're mostly looking at, okay, do their stats line up with uh, yes. their production anyway, right? That's not really how it works. That's part of it for sure. But obviously the market obviously dictates um, yeah. how much a guy makes. And a guy like Vlasic is going to be undervalued money-wise yes. forever because he just doesn't score enough. Um, he's getting, you know, looks on the second power play unit now, and that's going to help. But he just doesn't score enough, you know? It just doesn't. And that's, I think, going to definitely keep him from getting burns type money um yeah i i don't know and that's still two years down the line so who knows what will change between now yeah. and then but yeah uh that's going to be uh potentially a little bit contentious because i think that uh, and this is me also kind of speculating and reading between the lines type thing so take that with a grain of salt is that vlasic uh seems to carry a pretty big chip on his shoulder um, just based on the way that he responds to questions, the way that, that he talks about his own value to the team. You know, I think that there is definitely a part of him that feels, I don't want to say disrespected, but that he senses he's undervalued. I think he knows just as well as everyone else. And I think that uh, that could make for kind of an awkward conversation with Doug Wilson when the uh, contract stuff rolls around. So it'll be interesting I mean, to see. Yeah, if you're a, I mean, if you're a player and you're constantly hearing – oh, your contract's the best value in the league. You know, you're hearing that year after year from, you know, we've written it. It's been written nationally. It's been written locally. You know, and that's whether or not, you know, they they mean that you're, you know, underpaid. You can, if you hear that enough, that's going to get into, you know, get into your head, not necessarily and drive down a chip in your shoulder. That's something you're going to think about. I think it's natural. I think I would absolutely think about that if I was in his shoes. Absolutely. Um, I think his agent would not be doing his job if he didn't ask for Brent Burns type money to start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I, I I think he's another guy and I, you know, this is, this is setting good precedent to for the sharks because when that contract comes up, then they'll have to, you know, it's, it's good to know that Wilson Wilson's really locked up. All of his, you know, every time he's needed to, he's locked up a big player. Uh, in 2014, he locked up Marlowe and Thornton before the season was over. Those contracts are just now coming up. He locked up Thornton. He locked up Pavelski and Couture. I think the closest he got to arbitration, to my memory, is, you know, Jason Demers. Um, that's the closest it's been to getting necessarily contentious, so to speak. So I think it has the potential to be there, but I – Wilson's track record to me indicates that, you know, he's when he wants a guy and and they want to be here, they get they get it done, and that's you know, he's he's one of the best I think in the NHL at doing that. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I really, really, really think that they're going to make an effort to get that done before he has a chance to test free agency. Obviously, but that's uh, 
that is a topic for a show we can do in two years when we're making uh, $8 million a year <laughs> to talk about Brent Burns. Hey, if all it took was two years, I will, I will sign up for that. I'm, I'm ready. Yep. Yeah. I'll uh, sign tomorrow. <laughs> so obviously this is going to have some impact. Well, again, uh, let's talk about the expansion draft. Uh, so yes. Vegas Golden Knights. Um, so it's not a good team name. It's not. Uh, Should have been gambling related. It's like the Aces, the Dealers, something. Yeah, I think they really wanted to keep it away from that. So I think there are a couple of things that play here with that name. One is that the uh, the owner is uh, you know a, a Air Force Army Academy alum. guy or Army alum, right? Army alum. Sorry. Um, and so I think we're going to see, and we even saw it in the press releases, a lot of really irresponsible war imagery and war parallels which is like so tired in all sports um, yeah but it's especially disappointing to see it come from someone who actually was a member of the armed forces you think they of all people would understand that uh what these guys do on the ice for an hour every night is not even come right. close to the kind of sacrifices and actual it's, 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 a tough, it's a tough balance to i think you know because there was a lot made about how florida this offseason yeah. took inspiration I thought they did it pretty tastefully. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't, I also haven't followed the Panthers, but I'm not seeing, you know, constant, uh, you know, constant references to their, to how it's, you know, the same. And, and I think they also, they did it, they did it subtly enough too. And I, I think their logo, I, it's grown on me. I really love their old stuff, but their, their new look has certainly grown on me, but yeah, it's, this is definitely, he wants that, you know, and what I think he, there's a fine line to find. I agree because you don't want to necessarily strike it as, oh, we're comparing this to, like you said, to the armed forces. I think he's he's maybe trying a little too hard to cop the style of the uh, the army black knights when he should have, you know, just do your own thing. Yeah, uh, he's been this. He's pretty obsessed with uh, with the knight thing, and obviously the reason <laughs> they couldn't go with just uh, Vegas knights is because. Uh, because this is the NHL and it's a weak-ass league, uh, they were going to have beef from a junior hockey team in London, Ontario. You know, a place that... Uh, Wait, is that actually why they had to add the adjective? Uh, I, I believe that, what, from what I've read, uh, yeah, that the London the Knights... The London Knights would have been upset. Them. They were going to sue them. Oh, my. So the, Kitch- the Kitchener Rangers are not upset that the New York Rangers exist? Like, oh, uh, Well, I think it would be the reverse, and I think yeah, the New York Rangers like the brand being spread. That's true. So, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I don't know. So that 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 is apparently uh, why there's a uh, an adjective added. I would have gone with desert nights if I was going with an adjective. At least embrace it. Yeah, embrace right. that you're in the. In the you desert. can have a guy covered in sand, like right, like in, in sand armor. That'd be cool. That being said, I do think the logos are pretty sweet. They look. I good. do like the logo. It's so funny. the look of everything is good. Just the name sucks. So whatever. Yeah. We'll just call them Vegas, and it's no big deal. We'll I don't over, like we'll how they don't it. have Las Vegas either. They're just that's to- and none of the logos have a, a like an LV word mark, and it's like, dude, that's how you're gonna sell hats, man. Yeah, you know, people want to rep the city. You're telling me the first pro sports team in Las Vegas <laughs> is not going to have Las Vegas in the name? It's like they're embarrassed to be there. <laughs> right. It's like, like, well, in fairness, right? I mean, the Florida <laughs> Panthers, uh, yeah, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, but Jesus, I mean, like. Uh, uh, but they do that because they're not in Miami, you know? Well, right. And I they think the same reason the Coyotes do it because they're not in Phoenix. They, but they, could, like, oh, uh, okay. they, they could say that, though. The San That's Francisco true. 49ers are like a two-hour drive now away from San Francisco with traffic. True. No, it's true. So, yeah. So 
Nobody cares. Uh, come yeah. on, the uh, the L.A. Rams are going to be playing in Inglewood. The Jets and Giants play in but New Jersey. The wrong state. Yeah, we don't yeah. care about that crap anymore. Yeah. It's more of a brand, you know. Yeah. It's a, a branded idea. Uh, <laughs> Activation, engagement. Oh, God, I hate. I It'd be like if it was the Angeles Kings, or right? The Jose Sharks, like yep. it doesn't. It doesn't work. make or the yeah the Bay Lightning. It's oh, yeah. whoa. that's pretty good though. That's a good name. Yeah. B A E, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, but if they did the Bay Sharks, that actually would be pretty. That would cool. be a good name. That's All good right. Name. Anyway, well, I'm coming around to it. Point being, uh, despite the terribleness of the name, this is a really great road trip opportunity for us next season, which we will absolutely, absolutely be doing. Uh, and I cannot wait. And the building looks freaking spectacular. Uh, just looks fabulous. Uh, my only other beef with the name, and then we'll move on, uh, is that it really does sound like it should be the Kings AHL affiliate. You know, I mean, I, I know I get it. I, I, so don't it, history majors can stay away from my mentions in my email box. But when I think of Knights, I think of someone who works for a king. Don't email me about this. Do not. I will delete it. Are the history majors up in your DMs? Or they... I'm, I'm just. I'm. I'm being proactive. All right. Okay, anyway, point being that I think in the hierarchy of old England, you would have king, queen up here, and yeah. then you know, whatever noble people, and then knights over here, and then you know the lowly peasants below that. So they're two levels below a king. And they're going to be in the same division. Like, I just feel like you're opening yourself up to all kinds of trash talk for forever now. And that's just, you, you decided to do that. You plenty thought of, that was a good idea. Plenty of great headlines for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, the puns are ready. I think, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, just from, like, a Batman perspective, that's going to be good. I also like that the logo looks like Magneto's helmet. So that's kind of fun <laughs> for me. The photoshops are going to be great. I'm really looking forward. I, I do it. like the logo. Really. I do. I also do. I oh yeah, it. yeah. Yep, logo's good and the color is good. Um I the golden green is weird putting green in there. You should not mix green and gold. That's a terrible That's idea. Green? There's so if you look at if you look at all they have a secondary oh, yeah, logo is. that has green. Yeah. Oh man. It's a uh, uh, quite a bit darker than what the sharks are using, but yeah, it's definitely green. But yeah, definitely yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, someone needs to pull up a color wheel and show it to the designer because that's not how that works at all. They're like almost right next to each other. So anyway. They just picked two. Like, oh, that one, that one. Yeah, exactly. Are we, done? Are we now, good? Can you do green and yellow? Okay. You're, you're okay. That's okay. Yeah. But green and gold, I don't know. Not good. Anyway, let's move on. Daniel O'Regan, uh, he's gone now. Uh, Yes. One, one game, that's all he got as the fourth-line center for the Sharks before being sent back to the Barracuda. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's performance-related, or do you think this was always the plan? It's, you know, I, I wrote about it briefly today. I uh, was on a train and wrote this article on my phone. So uh, listeners and readers, I'm curious for your feedback. Um, I, I wonder if this is a the Worcester Shuttle 2.0. I wonder if this is... This is Wilson, you know, kind of like finally taking advantage of, okay, if we need to call up a guy, we could just send him down and bring him right back up because they're in the same building and accumulate the cap savings. Um, he only played five minutes and 35 seconds last night, which I was kind of shocked to see when I looked back at the ice time. It, it felt like he played more. Um, that tells me that it, it may be performance-related. Um, but it also They were bad last night. They were bad. That yeah, fourth line was terrible. I mean, like 
uh, Corsi floor percentage. They they look good in spurts, but like you know, I just him his style did not mesh with Michael Haley's and and Tommy Wingles last night. To say the in least. fairness, it should be noted that Michael Haley and Tommy Wingles are the two worst players on the team. Nobody yes, meshes yeah, yeah. well with either of those guys. Oh, I, Wingles, you know, Wingles has been hot lately. Yeah, Wingles has the second lowest uh, relative Corsi rate on the team, and he gets to play against fourth liners. He's bad. Yeah. He's not good. Like, yeah. Now, will he score sometimes? Yes, absolutely. Is he a good hockey player? No, he is yeah. unequivocally not good anymore. Yeah, he's, I stand by that. Especially, and again, really, Haley is the the anchor on that line. But you're telling me you put a rookie to center two guys that yeah. are not really NHLers. It wasn't. Not. It wasn't. Yeah, putting him in a position to succeed. Correct. For sure. Um, I think it was probably the plan. Uh, I think there. You know, I wrote about it briefly. It. it I wasn't at the uh, practice today, but if O'Regan is sent down for quote unquote good. Wingles probably centers that fourth line, and I, I think it probably means that uh, Carlson's healthy. Or maybe this was really a message to Kevin LeBanc kind of a thing because, you know, I think they, he did not play last night. He's healthy. Uh, he could be, you know, he could play. I, was, I figured he was going to play tomorrow night regardless of whether or not O'Regan was sent down. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I wonder – I'm – because it, it, the way they talked about it, it didn't seem like a one-game opportunity. So I, I think something happened along the way that changed it, or sending him back down was always part of the plan, and they're just going to recall him for tomorrow's game. Yeah, my guess is that, um, man, if this was like a, a send a message to Kevin LeBanc thing, um, it's kind of like you know when you feel like you're not being appreciated enough by your significant other or this person you're seeing and so you go and you go on a date with someone who is worse in every possible way and uh the date goes really poorly and everybody knows about it and then you're like yeah so we good now or do you see we see what i was i could do well not better but different so yeah i mean that it i really hope that's not what it was because that just to me is like terrible roster management i mean yeah. it doesn't really matter because you know the sharks won big last night and the devils are terrible uh, or t- are terrible without their three four best players oh yeah uh, spoiler alert who who would have guessed yeah uh, but yeah the sharks do not have the luxury of depth to go dicking around with message sending it's no like a, yeah and i right, i let's, think let's cut the crap yeah i think you know it was you know i mean we're, you've seen it around the league Philadelphia did it to Gossespierre. Which is also inexcusable. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an accountability thing. Why young players are subjected to that accountability and older players aren't necessarily, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, something that kind of confounds me. Um, it seems, I don't see, I don't, I don't think O'Regan would have been up though. I don't think they do that to him just to send a message to another kid. I think yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I think they're like not only more sensible than that. I just think that they're nicer people than that. They're not going to use, you know, one of their other top prospects. Right. The they would have used Ryan Carpenter. Or something. Another top prospect. So um, I'm curious because the Barracuda are playing tonight. I'm not sure if O'Regan's playing. In so there's that a possibility game. that they call him back up. If they yeah. wanted to get him more game time, that actually yeah. would make sense if it's a paper move. Well, not a yeah. paper move because he's actually playing, but yeah. that wouldn't but shock then, me. Then three games in three days, that's a lot. I mean, he is a young kid, though. so He, he only played five minutes last night. Yeah, he got to sit true. on the bench and hang out with his buddies. That was. I, a good- I could see that being the reason if they figure, okay, he didn't really get a ton of action yeah. last night. Let's play him tonight. 
and then we can bring him up uh, on Wednesday. Um, I think he'll be back sooner rather than later just because they have a hole at the center position. I think, you know. And they want to keep Marlowe on that top line, so. Yes, and he, you know, if last night's any indication, I wrote about it today. Uh, he looked very good there. He looked strong there. Yes, it was a, a weekend New Jersey Devils team, but they're – that that line seems to have some chemistry right now. And I, I'm not sure we could have said that, you know, yes, LeBanc scored and he looked pretty good with the Joes, but you know, other than maybe hurdle, I don't think we could have said that about anybody that's, that's played there with the Joes this season. So if, yeah, if that's the move that gets the most out of those three, then, you know, I, then they should continue doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. They should, they should definitely continue doing it because I, Pavelski, Pavelski too. Like he, I thought he was really unlucky not to score last night. He got a lot so of good, he got a lot of good looks. Uh, Marlow and Thornton set him up, and you know I think and Marlow's speed that just you know gives them, you know it gives them what they had with Bodker, but it's someone they're familiar with, you know. And Thornton said after the game last night that Marlow just looked like he's, he said he looks so powerful, and I you know I think that's a good assessment. It's kind of a vague term, but I think that's a great way of describing it that DeBoer said probably Marlowe's best game of the season last night. I think it absolutely was, you know, uh, con- whether the contracts there or not, you can't have a- him be a hole in the lineup. So if-, if this gets the most out of him, it's hard to argue with it not being the best use of uh, best use of their lineup, even in the absence of Tomas Hurdle. Right. Uh, now the real question for me, as far as O'Regan's concerned is, I mean, does he even play if, uh, if Carlson comes back and if so, over whom, because you're talking, so if Carlson comes back, okay, that's easy. You drop uh, Haley out of the lineup and you can move Nieto back down. So then does O'Regan play instead of Nieto? I mean, probably right. Or at least maybe they are fighting for the same spot. Yeah. would be my guess. Cause I assume LeBanc is back in also. And so then what then is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it creates a lot of questions. Cause I thought, I thought Nieto had a good game. Uh, last night too, we were we he did were, take a penalty though, so it's <laughs> over. Young guy made a mistake. Send him down to the um, ECHL, please. We we were skeptical of the the third lines configuration with Bodker. That's uh, not Tierney. a good line. Yeah, that is not. How did they do statistically last? I thought they looked good. Um, I mean, everybody looked good, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't look at their possession numbers. Yeah, from what I recall, they were okay. Um, the as you are aware, the stats and stuff got all screwy last yes. night, and so that happened for all of you know the other sites as well. Um, I know that uh, for sh- the second line just played out of its mind. Good. They were very um, good last night. They yeah. were so good. That was just you know a, like a joy to watch every time they were on the ice. Um, yeah, the third line was not good. Okay, so yeah, I you know I'm sure. I'm sure DeBoer's probably noticed that and has looked at it. I'm sure he'd probably he'll probably give those lines another look. Uh, I ha- if I had to guess, I'd imagine so. I, I haven't seen anything today that said what the lines were uh, at today's practice. Um, yeah, I, I if O'Regan is called up, I'd imagine it's it's someone like Nieto who he gets the look over. I think. Yeah. I think he feels more strongly about Wingle's play than he does Nieto's play this season, which you know. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. Um, He's scoring more, which whether or yeah. not that's actually relevant and, to the st- his skill yeah. level. They need the goals, and so at least exactly. I can I can get into the headspace where that decision is made, even if and I don't if agree with if it. If you're struggling to score, this is only the fourth time they scored four goals, and the first time in like eleven days. You know, you you got You got to make you got to make that move. Um, 
if you're struggling to score. So at the same time, you got to get LeBanc back in the lineup. Also, yes, I, I agree. I think um, LeBanc not getting sent down today. Yeah, indicates right. that he's going to play tomorrow. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think they'd have kept him up if he wasn't going to play. He's not Dylan Demello after all. Although Demello's situation is just almost entirely caused by his contract, basically. Yep. Yep. It's so, like a total farce. Um, did we did we talk about who's going to be protected in the expansion draft? Uh, you know, we, we, we did not. I think we skipped right over that. That's, um, well, speaking so, of Dylan DeMello, that's a prime candidate to be left uh, exposed in the expansion draft. So the way it works basically is that the teams can either can they can protect seven forwards and three defenders, or a combination of eight forwards and defenders. And as best we understand it, they have to protect guys or uh, guys that have expiring contracts can be selected. And as far as I'm aware, they have to protect guys with no movement clauses unless they can get said player to waive it. Um, so we need to operate under the assumption that guys like Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe will both be protected. Um, yeah. the, there's, so here's the, here's the deal. The forwards are not the problem for the Sharks. Um, right now, I went through, I was able to pick six forwards that I would have them protect. It's uh, Thornton, Marlowe, Pavelski, Kutcher, Hurdle, and uh, Tierney. And then maybe you would protect yeah. Melko Carlson for your seventh. That would leave Mikel Bodker, Joel Ward, Tommy Wingles, Matt Nieto, Barkley Goudreau, and Ryan Carpenter and Michael Haley exposed. The Sharks would not have a problem with any of those guys being taken. Where it gets dicey is defensively. Um, the three guys I have protected would be Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, and Justin Braun. That means Paul Martin, Brendan Dillon, David Schlemko, Mirko Mueller, Tim Heed, Dylan DeMello, and Dan Kelly are all exposed. Heed, I, does Heed have to be exposed? Yes. He's played enough games in Europe he's where he's 20, Yeah, and he's 25, I think is also okay. part of it. Um, okay. That's also a concern. There's some concerning things here. Uh, so... You could argue don't protect Braun because, you know, you've gotten him up to his prime and, you know, but that's a good contract. Brendan Dillon's contract yeah. is good. Schlemko's contract is good. You know, they're not going to be taking Paul Martin. I can promise you that right now. That's not happening. So, and you got to protect Vlasic and Burns, obviously. So you really, you have to choose one of Braun, Dillon, Schlemko, Mueller, and Heed. Yeah. Um, I, that stinks. It's, that's tough because I think, and you know, if, if you're Vegas, there's a plethora of intriguing options there. Yes. Uh, Mirko Mueller, a former first round pick, Tim Heed, a former defenseman of the year in Sweden, who's played very well uh, for the Barracuda. And, you know, awesome. if the Sharks didn't have a log jam up in their six, you know, their top six defensemen, he'd probably be up and probably would have played. And that's uh, a guy they might he, trade. Uh yeah, I oh I could see him being a piece, um, you know, because he is a little older. But I, I he looked very good in the in the preseason for the most part. He got walked by in one game. He got absolutely dangled. But his offensive instincts are good enough, and he's getting used to playing on North American ice. Um, and yeah, so I wonder if the Sharks, because I think they're going to go the ten skater route, the seven forwards and three. I, I don't think, think so they're going to do. I don't think they're going to do the eight because if you did the eight and, you know, again, we're off, from my understanding of reading it, knowing when the expansion draft takes place and that it takes place before guys' contracts technically expire, I, I think we have to operate under the assumption that any pending free agents that you want to sign 
you're going to have to protect unless you have a handshake agreement that, oh, we'll expose you, but we're going to resign you. Don't sign with Las Vegas. Don't worry. I'd have to imagine that will also be a violation of the CBA in some way and yep. the tampering uh, kind of issue. That's my thought as well. So, you know, I, I, I think it'd be, it'd be good to get some more clarity from the NHL on that. Um, yeah, I think the, the third defenseman is their biggest dilemma and whether or not you protect Braun or, or Schlemko. And we talked about this a little bit before the show. I think the, what happens depends on how you answer, how you view this dilemma. Is Schlemko going to be able to replace Braun or are you going to be able to replace what Schlemko does with an internal option uh, coming into this season. I don't think the sharks thought that or else they wouldn't have signed him. Now, depending on steps that, you know, people take in their developments, how Tim Heed plays, uh, how, how other guys play, you know, that, that could certainly change it. I, cause I, the way that David Schlemko's played this year, if he's exposed, like he will get picked up by the golden Knights. I think yeah. there, I think there's no question. Uh, Braun too. I think one of those defensemen, you know, I'm seeing a lot of these projections of defense of who's getting picked where, and I haven't seen either of those two listed. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they're flying under the radar for the sharks purpose, but I, I think you'd have to operate on the assumption that one of those guys is getting picked up. Yeah. Uh, the biggest difference between those two guys really is that Braun is, uh, does more from a point perspective while Schlemko is a much better, is a stronger yes. possession guy by the numbers. Of course, um, Schlemko is playing against the worst defenders in the league and Braun's playing against the best. Um, he's also playing with Vlasic, you know, so there's, yeah. it's, it's tough to compare them head to head in that way. And I think it's also important to remember that, you know, Sharks can only lose one player. Um, yes. So, yeah. So to me, the thing is, is that if they take Braun or Schlemko, and I think that's who it would be. If you're Vegas, that's I would pick a guy you know is good versus a guy like Tim Heed who you think might be good. Um, yeah. Unless they feel like salary cap is a problem, and I just sincerely doubt it. Yeah. Uh, God willing, anyway. Uh, so, you know, yes, losing one of those guys would hurt. At the same time, getting to replace one of those guys with Tim Heed, if he's good enough, maybe it's not that big a deal after all. Yeah. Um, or if they think Mirko Mueller is ready, which no, he's not probably like not. Him. It's not yeah. looking so good for Mirko Mueller. Uh, it's not. He's been not good at at point wise anyway in the AHL. But who who knows? Uh, but anyway, yeah. I mean, the fact that they they're only going to have to fill one spot. The rest of the defense is locked up. So it's the way that the expansion draft is designed, and I think this is a good thing. Is that you're going to lose a good player. Vegas is going to yeah. be competitive right away. Oh, and I think yeah, that's a very good thing. And I don't, I don't like losing either any of these guys, but at the same time, I think that this is the best way to go about doing it. Without question. I think they don't want what the San Jose Sharks were their first two seasons. Right. They don't want a team that wins 11 games one year and nine games the next year. They, they want, they want, and honestly, seeing how weak the Pacific is, like if, if they got hot at the right time and got the right mix of players, they could probably make the playoffs. Which is so. sad, but uh, true. Yeah. Yes, agreed. So, and, yeah, I think I think they ultimately will uh, leave Schlemko exposed uh, if they. And that's again, if that's us operating under the assumption that they have to. Um, well, except Schlemko doesn't change at all. It's the forwards that change, right. whether or not they keep they can keep uh, Thornton and Marlowe unprotected. 
Right. They both have no moves. Their contracts will not be expired at the time. And I think because the expansion draft is taking place before free agency, it makes sense. Right, because it's happening in June, and free agency doesn't start till July. So yeah, exactly. And those players have to be protected. So that right. makes sense. Um, yep. Yeah. So I, I think. Um, I think. Yeah. I think we're. I think that's a fair uh, decision. Um, I. You know, if Vegas was smart and it worked out for them salary wise, whoever the Sharks leave uh, unprotected on defense is who they should is someone that they should they should pick. Now, whether or not they do that, though, remains to be seen. Right, and so the dilemma, obviously, with doing something like trading a Braun or a Schlumpko so you can fill in a uh, Lakeed doing that in this season, uh, the problem there, obviously, is that then you're telling Vegas, okay, well, now you can take Tim Heed or, or something like that. So yeah. that's not really a solution to the problem either. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just going to have to take a bitter pill. Um, you know, I think that's just the way it is. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting decision that they're going to have to make here. And, you know, the fact that Dylan DeMello is still around, I mean, they could stick the kid in the press box all year long if they wanted to and play him next year. Yeah. Um, I think that would be not just a, a bad decision from a hockey perspective. I think that would just be immeasurably cruel to a young player's development. Yeah. But, they could do it. They yeah. within their within their rights. Um, so it's going to be interesting. That's that's for sure. And I, I, yeah, I, I that. Demello, that it's because we've played what? It's been nineteen games. Yeah, the Sharks have played. It's it's getting to the point where he's got to play soon. And I think uh, he, you know, he's he's got like I said, he's got to play soon because if you're going to get some value out of him, you have to be able to display, uh, display what he can do at the same time. It's been working on defense. So I don't blame what Pete DeBoer is doing, but I think, yeah, I, you know, cause DeMello is only what, 23 years yeah. old. Yeah. And he need, you know, he needs game time. He needs to play. Uh, I, I wonder if they're just going to eventually bite the bullet and wave him and take the risk. But I think if he gets waived, he gets, he gets claimed. claimed. Absolutely. Yeah. His deal is too. His deal's too good. And I, I think I think people overrate what his ability is right now because of what they saw in the playoffs, where he got sheltered minutes. But well, he didn't play in the playoffs. Uh, you're right. Sorry. I mean, in the right Last in the season. limited time that he in his fill in time. You're right. Yeah, yeah. in his fill in time, I think that um, yeah, he he was fine, but uh, he was heavily sheltered. Didn't play yeah. against tough guys. He's not. He's not better than Brendan Dillon, so please stop yeah. asking me about that. No, I think we've we've that's been proven this season. We've seen yeah. that this season. Um, so I, I think that man, if the Sharks can't at least get a seventh round draft pick from somebody for him or a sixth or something, then I, I mean, I, maybe it's just a game of chicken where other NHL teams are like, "No, nah, we're not going to do it. We're just going to make you wave him." Um, that would be. It's possible. And that would be a real shame to lose him for nothing. Yeah. At the same time, they don't need him. They're not going to play him. He's yeah. not good enough to play for the team. And they shouldn't, shouldn't play him over someone else just to get him game time. No. Because why? For what yeah. benefit? Uh, and, if, and if, you know, if, if someone got hurt, you know, I think Tim Heed can fill in in a pinch. Yep. Or Mirko Mueller can. So I, yep. I think it's – I know I wonder too, and putting the speculation hat back on, I, I wonder – if there's been discussions with his agent and Doug Wilson about, about trying to find a partner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wonder what's, what's happening there. Cause I can't imagine he's too 
he's too happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't blame him. You know, that's a, yeah, that, no, he's in a that. terrible, terrible situation. Yeah. I feel, I feel for him really. Yeah. But we'll see there's a lot of interesting decisions. The sharks are going to have to make here in a relatively short order um, to kind of solidify what they're doing going forward. But it feels like they're moving in the right direction. Um, so to follow up on something from earlier, uh, O'Regan is playing for the Barracuda tonight. Okay. Uh, so that, so, yeah, that makes sense. So there you go. That move makes perfect sense to me. We'll see what they do tomorrow. They could call them back up, but they could also not just as easily. The Cuda have quite a few games coming up over this next week. So he's going to get yeah. game time. So it's not that big a deal if he plays more games down there. Um, that being said, it also wouldn't shock me to see other guys called up pretty soon. To tr- just, just as a, you know, it doesn't hurt him any. It doesn't hurt to give Goldobin a, a couple games, to give Timo a couple games. Time out. I, right. Now, I think that a guy like Timo is a guy they want to wait until they can call him up and keep him up. But guys like Goldobin, it's like, well, you've been up here before, you know? Why don't you come yeah, up give, and we'll – Give him a shot. Especially, right, just see what you know, he can especially do. Especially if, if Wingles is going to be – you know, if, if they're still struggling to score and Wingles is going to be the center or Carlson's still out long term, um, you know, I right. think I think I wonder too if, if they're – if Carlson draws back in for Haley and they still have that spot open at center, we maybe see Rourke Chartier because that is, I think something that hasn't been talked about a lot and I can't fathom why, because of how many points he's piling up. I get it. He's playing with Goldobin and Meyer, but we could just as easily frame that as they're playing with Rourke Chartier, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't get that. So yeah, there are a lot of guys that I would not mind the Sharks giving an audition to this hurdle situation is terrible. Um, you know, I, my heart breaks for that kid, but it's, it's going to give other guys an opportunity. And if the Sharks really need to do their best to make the most out of what is, like I said, a terrible situation. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. We're going to know a lot more about uh, the game tomorrow night at around 10:30 tomorrow morning. Cause right now it's a lot of speculation, obviously. Yes. Um, so we're probably going to have to do another one of these podcasts pretty soon. Cause I feel like with the amount of interesting stuff that's happening, uh, there's going to be plenty to talk about, but we should probably wrap it up now because it's already going longish even for us uh so uh, we're gonna we've got a bunch of brent burn stuff on the site now i i'm working on a few pieces for tomorrow already marcus is you're going to be at the morning skate tomorrow at the morning skate yeah uh and we're not sure about get what game coverage will look like yet yeah uh, that's against the blackhawks that game's at seven and that is on nbc sports i'm yeah. afraid so my condolences uh, although we might get Randy anyway, well, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, or some kind of a tag team either broadcast, either possibly. Or the Blackhawks uh, play-by-play crew. Yeah, because they're both traveling with the team. Yeah, it's going to be one of those two. And so, or maybe a combo. We've seen it happen before. Eddie Olchick and Randy Hahn in the same booth, perhaps? Mm-hmm. There, are worse, no. there are worse situations to be had. There are. Certainly were not worse than Brian Hayward and Randy. Uh, literally impossible. <laughs> That was me watching a game on mute, and it wasn't so bad. I don't do that. No, thank you. I love you, Randy, but I'm not. I'm not dealing with Brian Hayward for you. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, that's it. So you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom and at Fear the Fin. You can follow us on Instagram. You should do that. Uh, at Fear dot the dot Fin. I hate it so much. Uh, Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P White. Yep. We're on Facebook. We are literally. Almost we just don't have a Snapchat. Everywhere. Yeah, I'm not. That's too much work. It's, it's, <laughs> until Snapchat figures out how to make me switch accounts quickly, uh, I'm not. That's that's not yeah. happening. Yeah. I, I can't. Listen, I, I've got so many dick pics to send. I cannot log <laughs> out of my account 
to go into some Fear the Fin account. And then there's the crossing the streams possibility. You, you don't want that. You don't want that, you know. Uh, so, anywho, that's where you can find all of our crap. Fearthefin at gmail.com if you want to send me emails. Uh, please don't email my boss about the dick pic thing. Thank you. History majors, great- flood his inbox. Oh. Don't you have a thesis to write or something, <laughs> nerds? <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you guys later.